0: It is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the wonderful Sorgatron Media Studios in Pittsburgh, PA, and we got a great guest with us. A returning guest, a catch-up. It's been too long. We looked at the we looked at the date on the last uh, show appearance. It has been literally too long. Uh, but first of all, please check out everything at wrestlingmayhemshow.com, indiewrestling.us, where you can find a lot of the uh, past interviews, other podcasts, and a lot of people we talk with on this show in particular. You can see in action over there, at Indie Wrestling dot us any wrestling dot network of course drop us a line if you have anybody you think we should be chatting with some people have been hitting me up about that um or if you have any questions for our upcoming guests uh of our good times at wrestling dot com or uh, 412-206-WMS0 or hit us up on any of the social media at Mayhem Show on the Twitter at US Indie Wrestling or of course the Facebook pages for either of those properties too. All right, we have back with us in the studio. It has been a while and I, I didn't realize we actually haven't had him. I, I see him so often <laughs> so <laughs> I, I get the updates and, and we haven't had the update on the show. So back with us in studio, Sean Phoenix is joining us uh how you doing Sean?
1: Doing well. How about you?
0: Welcome back to Beachview.
1: Thank you. We have palm
0: trees now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: a lot, <laughs> lot has changed in a year.
0: A lot has changed in a year. Um you are not no longer uh doing the pirate beard anymore, Correct. I yes. noticed. Yes. Uh although that, that was an
1: interesting that, that was an interesting direction. That was that was a uh that was an injury beard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I legit like the last time I, I stopped shaving. Was uh, the day that I got hurt, so I was like, "Well, you know what? I'm just going to grow a beard until I can wrestle again."
0: You're and... not presenting yourself in the ring or anything, right? So, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like... I had
1: a couple appearances here and there at some promotions, but I mean, like, I I wanted it to show like the passage of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I'm not a beard. Was dad. that
0: your first like major beard that you've attempted? Yeah,
1: I, I usually have something like this because I have a butt chin. That I don't like, so I try to hide it with with, with this little <laughs> stupid chin the, beard.
0: Those on audio, if you didn't see on the on the on the art, it's a you have a little you know, but get goatee under goatee yeah, kind of thing going on. That so um I, you know and it works out well because it doesn 't look like the Amish thing where you don 't have the mustache, like if I did that, I'd just look like, why has he got the Amish look What's going on? <laughs> right right so um so like I said you 've been doing a lot of, uh, you're, you're back you're I am. back in the ring I am. you've been in action, I think you came back in October is that correct
1: november second november second that's back.
0: right excellent, excellent, so I, I want to get into that, but of course, you know we, we talked to you. Uh, on this show, officially, um, uh, shortly after, I think just what a month after, maybe initially it was November. I think it was a couple weeks now. I think yeah, about I don't. I think <laughs> I think
1: your date might be wrong. I think it was like a two weeks after. Like, yeah, yeah. It was definitely before Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I randomly appeared on the Halloween show. So it was definitely before Halloween. There was that too. Yeah. You
0: hung out with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we gave out candy. <laughs> we gave out candy. Um, but, uh, so, so tell us a little bit about, like, you, you, you know, just to kind of, you know, I don't want to get too much into, like, what happened, but like, you know, because I think everybody listening this to the show probably knows by now. But like, you know, kind of tell us, like, what were you dealing with, uh, from that, you know, on that road to recovery?
1: Well, I, I probably spoke about it, um, when the last time we spoke, mm-hmm. um, the biggest issue was uh, I'm a very, like, go getem type person. I can't relax. And so to have that that stamp of, like, I couldn't drive, I couldn't lift anything heavier than a gallon of milk, mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't do anything. And then I couldn't get my energy out. So, like, I was up all night. Like, I couldn't sleep. Like, I would literally, like, get up at 3 a.m. and just walk around my house just to, like, try to get this energy out. Um, so it took about, like, three months until, like, that kind of went away. Like, I, my sleep schedule was all messed so up. So you
0: kind of, like, settled into your situation. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of – yeah. Kinda, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and also, like, even the hospital. Um, like, I couldn't sleep in the hospital, so that probably started it. Mm-hmm. But um, it it wasn't long after the actual accident that I uh, started physical therapy for the concussion. and. While I was in the hospital, they they would check in on me uh, periodically. I don't remember how frequently, uh, maybe every two hours, three hours, whatever. But the entire time I was in the hospital, all the tests, like there was no real signs of a major concussion, which surprised me because if there ever was a time to like not know your name, it Mm -hmm. was the time that I got hurt right then and there.
0: and, And the way you got hurt, I mean, and again, look at the footage, like your head basically hit like not concrete, but like gymnasium gymnasium floor. Yeah. 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 There was
1: nothing that protected me, which I will get back into that. But that was the best thing that could have happened. Really? Really weird. So when I was on the stretcher, um, like I was like thinking like, okay, what's my name? What's today's date? So like from that point on the moment, like where I put up like my hand, like the rock on sign, Mm -hmm. like I pretty much knew what was going on. From that point on, I just didn't know how I got to that situation. Like I didn't remember getting hurt or anything like that. So that I was kind of groggy, but you know they're asking me in the helicopter. You know what's your name? So I consider the moment where I got my my wits about me. That started the recovery process. Okay, I was no longer injured per se. Like I was already on the process of recovering. Okay, it's a weird way to think about it, but um, so. Obviously, that's not how it works, (laughs) you know? Like, that was just the baby steps. But even when I was in the hospital, yeah, they were telling me, like, you know, there was no real signs of a major concussion. They were going to potentially transfer me to Mercy to do inpatient physical therapy for the concussion, but I skipped that entirely. Mm -hmm. So, I did have a concussion, obviously. I hit my head really hard. So, I went to UPMC Sports Medicine down Southside, and I think I went... Maybe three times a week, in addition to doing physical therapy at home.
0: And this is the place where, like, the Steelers go. That's when, where any
1: time. That's where Edge went to get cleared. Mm-hmm. That's where Daniel Bryan went to get cleared. Mm-hmm. Like that. Is, we like. I'm so fortunate that I live in Pittsburgh because I have the best. In my backyard. I
0: think I was talking with somebody just the other day about you coming on the show and this same situation about how, like, if you're going to get hurt like this, Pittsburgh's like the best place to do it. Right, right. Like, how fortunate of an injury location.
1: Not only that, but, like, I was also really fortunate because I travel a lot. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if I got hurt in Tennessee, my family couldn't visit me Mm -hmm. as frequently as they did. My friends couldn't visit me. How would you get back? Exactly. Yeah. You know? So I was very fortunate in a weird way to look at it that it happened in my backyard in my, in my Mm -hmm. home, you know, company. Um, I was familiar with the area. I knew, you know, it was a 15 minute ride home once I had left. Um, so it turns out that I said, it was the best thing that could have happened to me because you look at the footage, of how I got hurt Mm -hmm. and it's really graphic. It's, you know, it it is a miracle I survived. Mm -hmm. Like there's no doubt about that, but Because the skull broke, that is the best thing that could have happened because the brain smacked onto the skull and it gave way and the force went through. Whereas if it didn't break, the brain would have smacked onto it and then, you know, just like driving straight onto a brick wall. You know, if there's no give to it, it's all, you know, within you. Um, And then the brain probably would have got swollen and they probably would have needed to take out part of my skull anyway. Mm-hmm. to relieve the pressure so because of the fact that the skull broke the concussion wasn't that bad hmm. which is really crazy to think about now granted there were other issues you know i did have a subdural hematoma um i was leaking spinal fluid um so it wasn't you know it's not all like oh, okay, i got off lucky but you know in the grand scheme of things i i consider myself very fortunate that the only cause, you know my the, the thing that scared me the most was the concussion aspect of it. You know, they're scary. This would have been my third one. Um, and I knew in the hospital that a broken bone can heal. I know that mm. you we, know,
0: kn- we know how to deal with that versus a brain right. injury.
1: Yeah. Brain injuries are scary. And, mm. you know, from what I was told, my brain stopped bleeding relatively you know, shortly after I was first admitted to the hospital. Um the, main, the thing that kept me in the hospital as long as it did was actually the leaking spinal fluid mm-hmm. because I, they needed to make sure like once they inserted the catheter into my spine, it needed to to, to pull it out, the, the, the spinal fluid that is, and then they needed it to be in there as long as it, I think like three days and then they needed to feel comfortable removing it to see if the hole closed up because if that didn't work, I would have needed brain surgery right there. So that's pretty much what kept me in the hospital. As long as it did, which is only six days. Um, it wasn't like once they removed the catheter, then I could start doing like exercises in the hospital to see how I did walking down the hall, walking up steps. So, but uh, I kind of went off on a tangent. So I enrolled myself in the concussion protocol and they confirmed that, the, you know, doing the impact test, it wasn't that bad. I've had worse concussions in the past. And that was, I mean, my most recent con- concussion, um, not including this one. I got in Cleveland doing a dive to the outside, which I now no longer do front flips. Now that I've realized my two injuries are front flips to the outside, like that's never going to happen again. Okay. I cracked my head off the then back of my head off the floor and I kind of knocked myself a little, little dazed, but I didn't knock myself out. I didn't have a brain bleed. But that concussion on paper was worse than this catastrophic injury. Yeah. So they were able to compare it like, oh, last year you were here, you know, it's not that bad, but there is. You know, there is something that needs fixed. So I'll drop a bombshell. And um, I actually got cleared from the concussion doctor in January. The day before I stood in that rise ring giving an update on my future. This is January of 2019. Yeah, I got cleared. I could have wrestled that day if I wanted to. However, that's just as far as doctors are concerned. Mm. I did say in the ring... You know, I did you know stretch the truth a little bit, and I said, you know, whenever I'm cleared, uh, I'm going to take some time to make sure everything is correct. I don't want to rush this, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happened I got cleared that day, mm-hmm. um, because I think I remember you saying that backstage. I'm just like, yeah, what, right? But what? because I the concussion wasn't that yeah, bad. Yeah. However, the thing that kept me out long was I was still dealing with some balance issues. Yes, and I was under the impression. <laughs> That once I got cleared up with the concussion, that everything would kind of be fixed mm-hmm. because balance is a is a can be affected by a concussion. So it was a matter of you know I do I want to come back and punch and kick and you know do the Hulk Hogan you know the
0: uh, how about the the Stone Cold because right. stuff yeah, yeah. stuff
1: like that do I want I could I do that absolutely mm-hmm. but I didn't want to you know um, and it wasn't even the fact that I was at more of a risk for getting injured like. Like I said, I could wrestle if I want to, but as far as the caliber of match quality that I, you know, have for myself, it wouldn't, you know, live up to that. So I waited. Then it was a process of, you know, a month went by and hey, you know, I'm still not, it it wasn't so much vertigo as it was balance issues. Um, So I went back to the concussion doctor. This would have been like February and they gave me another impact test and they said, okay, well, it's not concussion related. You didn't get another concussion.
0: Mm-hmm. Great.
1: What do I do now? So they said, well, it's probably ear related. I'm like, oh, that makes sense.
0: Because you are, just to recap, you are now deaf. I'm now completely you know? deaf in the left ear. Yeah.
1: It's not, doesn't sound like everything's underwater. Doesn't sound like everything's in a tunnel. It is like trying to hear with your hand. There is no sound. It mm-hmm. is the strangest thing to wake up to, essentially. It's like the only reason why I know it should here is because it did for 27 years mm-hmm. so um i went and saw the ear doctor that i had seen and did all the ear tests and he was like yeah you're you know you're, you're deaf in this ear and i was like yeah i know that <laughs> this isn't a surprise to thank me. you for the confirmation right <laughs> i was like i'm here because i still feel like i'm gonna lose my balance walking down the hallway he said oh okay well in that case we should go see this doctor so I had to schedule that appointment. And meanwhile, you know, you never schedule a doctor's appointment. They never see you the next day. It's always like months from now. So let's say this was uh, – we'll say this was May that I got that news that the earliest that doctor could see me was July. So like still a couple more months. So I went and got evaluated. Um and, and and by the way, the, the type of exercises that I was doing for the concussion uh, wasn't really too hard. It was like standing on a couch cushion with my arms across my chest and eyes closed. Um, it was – I had to put a cup behind me. Like a, there was a countertop, and I had to turn with my right, put the cup down, then turn to the left and grab it. You know, really simple stuff like that. Not difficult at all. Um, but then, you know, I, I got evaluated um, – Ironically, at the same hospital that I was taken to when I got hurt. So, like, I was like, oh, you know, like, there's that nurse that I know type of thing. Um, it was a really crazy procedure. Like, I my appointment was at, like, 7 in the morning. And then they schedule a break. It's like a three-hour, like, process. And then they schedule a break. That way, the doctor can continue that day, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. But, like, I didn't realize that. Um And then after they do that process, like, you can't drive. So, like, I had, like, my buddy come, like, with me. And they were like, yeah, it's going to be probably about five hours. So I was like, just come back and get me. (laughs) Like, don't even wait. (laughs) But, like, it was really bizarre. Like, um, it was, like, a a black room. And, like, I sat down on a chair. They strapped me in. And there was, like, a a laser pointer. Like, it was pitch black. And I can only see that red dot. And there were cameras on my eyes. And I had to, like, it would jump to the right and it would jump to the left. I had to focus on that. And then, like, the chair would spin, and I'd have to focus, at like, as the laser pointer spun as well. There was another part where there was a curved wall, and I was in a harness, and there was a metal floor. And the wall would lean towards you or lean away, and that would really throw off your depth perception and your balance. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the thing you were standing on, that would, like, it would raise your heels. So, like, you would, like, fall over, like... I failed all these tests, by the way. Like, they they were like, yeah, you definitely have some issues Sounds here. Sounds
0: like some like astronaut test stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty much. That's what I felt like. Um, then there was one where the wall was synchronized to what I was standing on. Mm-hmm. So like, as I like was trying to balance, like the wall would get further. You know, like I was like, whoa! But you know, I was strapped in, so I couldn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. But uh, then there was one. They were like, well, let's see how you are underwater. It's like, what does that mean? So they put a balloon, like a a small, like inflatable thing, like in my ear, and then and like filled it up with water in my good ear to see like how that reacted. And then like at one point they had to put warm water in the balloon, and then they drained it and immediately put freezing cold water in, and that that hurt. (laughs) I was like, but when they put it in my right ear, my good one that felt like I was underwater. It was the strangest thing. Like I'm laying down on a table and I felt like I was floating in water. It was the most bizarre experience. So all of a sudden done, you know, I go on on my lunch break or whatever. Um, They come back and they're like, the doctor's like, yeah, you know, you're you're pretty messed up. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks doc. Like, yeah. (laughs) And he was like, you know, there's, he said, well, at this point I got some answers. I'm like, why is this not doing any better? And he said, well, Normally, or the best way to explain it is balance is made up of three things. Uh, the surface, like where we stand on, our eyes, and the inner ear. So they determined that my balance was really bad in the dark and on uneven surfaces. So we're taking away the eyes mm-hmm. in the dark, and we're taking away the solid surface with the uneven surface, leaving just my inner ear. Now, if you think of it like a tripod, you take away two strong legs and you're relying on that one it's going to be bad which it was like oh that makes a lot of sense um the issue was normally the brain realizes hey this left inner ear is done we need to focus on the right and it can adapt mine wasn't doing that and there were a couple factors that could cause that one being like oh you know in this case, you know, if you're an 80-year-old woman or, or or 80-year-old man, I don't know why I said woman. I'm definitely not an 80-year-old woman or man. Um, yeah, your brain may not adjust to that. You've lived a long life. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard. Or if you're on certain medications, which I wasn't. So then the, the, the thought process was, well, no matter how my, – my inner ear could be 98% dead. But because it, my brain is recognizing the two percent of life there, it's not, you know, recognizing it as completely done. It's saying there's still life there. You've made all this improvement. Everything else, this can come back, mm-hmm. which unfortunately doesn't do that. So we had a couple options. One being I could have got surgery to destroy the inner ear to kickstart the brain, to focusing on the right, or. Do physical therapy, and I was like, "Well, absolutely, I'm going to do physical therapy." Um, one of the reasons w- I would have had a quick turnaround with the surgery, obviously, but I'm 28 years old. With modern medicine improving the rate that it is, mm-hmm. 25 years from now, there could be a new, you know, implant for 20 bucks that everyone can get and fix your balance. Mm-hmm but if i destroyed my inner ear i would be sol.
0: Yeah, there would be there would be no comeback from that.
1: Yeah. So i was like, okay, well, you know, i want i want to feel better. So it took me about a month to get enrolled in physical therapy for the balance and um that the the exercises weren't completely you know too different from the concussion stuff. Like there was one where uh they had steps and i would have to stand on a cushion and then, with my eyes closed, step up onto the step with my left foot, and then onto the right foot, and then back down onto the cushion with my eyes closed. We're, we were taking away the solid surface and the and the eyes, so uh, we were relying on the bad inner ear and trying to strengthen it. So, like, it was a challenge, but like, it wasn't too hard, all things considered. Um, until I started to get good at the easy stuff, then it was like, I needed to, with my eyes closed, jump. If you're, if you're on a clock in the middle of the, in the middle of the clock, your eyes are closed. You have to jump to one o'clock and land on your right foot. And then that resets. So like you're back in the middle, then you have to jump to 11 and land on your left foot, all with your eyes closed down a hallway. That was pretty difficult. And I definitely hit the wall a couple times just because <laughs> of overestimating my trajectory. Um, there were times where I'd have to run and just stop, and um, fortunately, uh, I was able to do some of the exercises in the ring too. Um, like they—they'd never worked with a professional wrestler before, so they were like, "Could you do something like this?" So one of the exercises I did was I would hit one rope and then in the center of the ring do a three sixty and continue running, which is something you would never do in a pro wrestling match. No, but it really throws off your whole you know, equilibrium.
0: And And it's kind of also, you're, you're kind of re reacquainting with the space.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I was literally learning how to run the ropes again, you Mm -hmm. know, where in the hospital they I had to essentially, when I was first in the hospital, I had to learn how to walk again. Now that my balance was all messed up. And then I, when the process of a, a year, I was in the ring learning how to run the ropes as difficult making it as difficult as I could. Um, and I actually, got cleared very quickly. Um, They said probably spring in 2020, which as you and I and anyone listening right now knows, it is not even spring yet. (laughs) But with the amount of stuff that I was doing extra that other patients can't do, uh, that day got a lot sooner Mm. and it was surprised when i was told okay you probably only have one more appointment and you're good and i was like are you kidding me this was in september i was like oh my god like so um i immediately messaged mr plumber and i was like this it's happening a lot sooner than i realized let's do something about this and this would have been early september so i believe by that time um the show was pretty much booked Mm -hmm. um so i was like well that's Or or I don't think it was completely... Maybe it was late August. I was like, well, I can either do this in September or the storybook ending and have my first appearance legitimately one year after the accident. Yeah, at
0: the very same show.
1: Yeah, and I was like, you know, I've waited this long. What's one more month, you know? So uh, And then my buddy was like, hey, uh, you're invited to my wedding, by the way. It's uh, October 5th. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, how am I going to do this? So I legitimately... (laughs) I, I believe that day was wake up, uh, do a Pokemon Go event. There was a, there was a thing going on, <laughs> which was in, in hindsight, you know, it, I laugh about it, but that actually kept me really calm, mm-hmm. because it kept me had I been been at home, just like waiting, the, ang- the you know, the excitement would have really like messed with me, or like that kept me occupied. Then I drove back home, changed, went to the wedding, which was about 45 minutes away saw that you know was there for for the wedding and then left after you know right before the reception and then zoomed to court time and got there you know probably about 3 matches after show time so it was really down to a wire but uh, but I did it and that was that was an amazing feeling cuz mm-hmm. I always knew that I was going to come back it just I never put any thought into when because you know like even the doctors at at the time, they, they weren't sure, so to speak, you know, like, Yeah, we're not sure why you're still dealing with this or whatever. So I was like, Well, you know what? I'm just gonna focus on making, you know, every improvement I can and then when that day comes, it'll come. It just I never expected it to be as soon as it was and wow. <laughs> After my surprise appearance at Unbreakable, I have no shame in admitting I went to the back and just broke down crying. Like it was I didn't even wrestle. Like it was just the fact that like I was starting the comeback, mm-hmm. and I I broke down, and t- that was that's going to be something I never forget. Is that feeling? So
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. So, and again, we've we've seen I've seen it. I think uh, now four matches yes. back um, uh, in the stuff that we're doing, and uh, you know, the so so you were talking a little bit of before. There's a little bit of change to your style, right? Um, is it is it back to feeling like you're where you were before otherwise or you're still working through something
1: um i definitely noticed ring rust within Mm. myself um a lot of uh timing um you know stuff doesn't look as crisp as i would like it to Mm. and that's just because like within professional wrestling you kind of develop a rhythm and i don't want to say before my accident i was making a name for myself or you know getting people's attention or anything like that but i was I felt like I was starting to find my voice mm-hmm. and catch a rhythm. You know, I was wrestling two times a weekend, sometimes three times a weekend, every weekend, and that was gone. Mm-hmm. So, even while I was still involved with professional wrestling, still going to shows, you know, sitting on the sideline, picking people's brains, it's complete. You know, like it's a reaction thing, and you don't realize it until you haven't done it for a year plus like even practice matches and stuff you know like i'm still not where i want to be so i noticed that and unfortunately the only way to get that back is to wrestle as you know frequently but i mean there's no nothing i can do at home but um also a little bit of ptsd climbing to the top rope which uh i probably should have tested that before I came back because Mm -hmm. like I, I told you the first thing I did once I got out of the hospital was get back into the ring. Yeah. Um and I had no issues with that. But there was even a time where I even debated having a couple practice matches before uh the return because I wanted everything to feel genuine when a lot of some of the stuff that I said hadn't been genuine. Like when I said like, oh you know, I don't know when I'm gonna wrestle again the day after I was told I could wrestle again. You know, I felt like, well, if I was not genuine with this, let's make this a little bit more genuine that way. The first match you see is the first time I was in the ring. But I decided it was probably for the best to, you know, do a couple practice matches. Um it'd be stupid not to. Um but at that time, I don't think by the time I was doing those practice matches, I don't think I was doing the physical therapy for the balance, so I avoided going to the top rope. Mm-hmm. Um in hindsight, I well I try not to regret anything. You know, I probably should have, you know, done that you know once or twice um it just i i know it'll go away because uh, i actually almost died at a concert before i was a pro wrestler um i, I, think, got tra- I think we talked about yeah this yeah i got trampled yeah. on at a concert yeah um and i couldn't breathe and i sleep on my chest with my head under the pillow and for the first couple of weeks after that incident like I, that freaked me out that sensation of being on my chest with my head under it reminded me of being trapped under bodies um But all it takes is a simple, you know, change of position, and that went away. Where in matches, I climbed to the top rope thinking, okay, I can do it this time. And it's like, oh, no, do I really want to be up here if this happens? You know, what if I'm gone another year? Mm -hmm. So I get off the top rope, (laughs) Um, which really sucks to say that I have this weakness, this fear, because I try to be so fearless. But I also try to learn about, you know, from the accident, you know. Risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll happen eventually, you know. Trying to work on it, but
0: but not pushing it.
1: Not pushing it. No, that's good.
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah I noticed there's been more uh, tag team action yes. lately. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was happy to see the
1: Keystone State Dude Corps come back. Yes, uh, with uh, Ziggy. Yes, very fun. Like I lo- I love doing that because she's one of my best friends. Like I have so many friends in pro wrestling, as I'm sure you saw from the. Uh, benefit show we did which mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about yet I- i'm so fortunate to-, to consider so many good people my friends uh, and i'm a goofy guy by nature but we were talking about this last show where the-, the last time we teamed together uh i get to relax a bit it's not so much me and my opponent it's me and my tag partner so it's not like, it's, not, it's fun. You know, I have a lot of fun. So, I, I think the first thing I did when I got into the ring at this last show was I yelled the XFL is back. <laughs> why I did that, I don't know. I, I, I don't... didn't catch that. Yeah, I, like, I, just, X... I just edited this match today and I didn't catch that. I said, that. the XFL's back. And everyone went, yay. And I was like, I don't know why I said that.
0: <laughs> uh, even, even uh, uh, well, well, I think last month you guys did a uh, Harley Quinn and uh, Joker yeah. walkout. Yeah, that
1: was just something. Well, like, we, we were talking because... Um, and I'm just like, it's not Halloween. No, no, okay. <laughs> so, um, I threw out an open challenge for the Rise Anniversary Show. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mann and I talked about this. I legitimately had never wrestled on an anniversary show, but he, we, we wanted that to be my first match back mm-hmm. at Rise. Um, that felt special, you know. Um, so it became, okay, who do you want to wrestle? Um, everyone on, you know, they've been wrestling for so long that, you know, they have established, you know, stories and stuff like that. So it's like, Oh, well this guy's already wrestling this guy and this one. So I started reaching out to a couple of my friends. Um, and the, the plan was me and Alex Zane. Um, and he's someone who has completely taken off in pro wrestling. Um, he's one of my best friends. He spent um, holidays at and, my and house. He was on the benefit. He show. was on my benefit yeah. show. He came to my graduation. Like we've like, he's legitimately one of my best friends. Um, so that was the plan however he's so good at professional wrestling that he got invited to do a tour in japan so i was like okay rats so i went to the drawing board and i was like all right well what about this guy and like oh i'm already booked this day so i was like hey marcus you know what you do what you you know what you think is best and i was like if you want me to wrestle all rookie from uprise cool i'll do that like i just want to wrestle so uh then the idea came, you know, how about your your tag partner? And I was like, yes, let's do it. You know, some WrestleMania 21, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Let's do it. Um, but I hadn't wrestled for a year, and there had been some new fans. And I didn't want them to think, you know, if they come to, came to the next show, that me, Ziggy, and I hate each other. You know, like, you know, we are legitimately friends. So we wanted to team together the next show. But I was like, well, let's do something that shows that we are – really on the same page you know we're not a throw together tag team um how we decided on joker and harley quinn i don't know we just happened to you know i'm i I i've only cosplayed like three times in my life and each time they've been for a professional wrestling company for a show um and ironically a lot of them have been dc villains (laughs) just you know (laughs) like my brother's in the cosplay so the first time it was for mega championship wrestling at colossal con i wore his riddler outfit then I was, um, oh, what's his name, from uh, Suicide Squad, uh, El Diablo. Mm-hmm. and He is a fire guy. And uh, now I've been Joker. So I have a lot of DC villains. Why? I don't know. I'm not a big comic book guy, just so happens. Um, oh, I also did uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker the day after they showed his first makeup at a uh, welterweight wrestling When I teamed with Alex Jordan, it was like legitimately the next day. I was like, Well, Alex Jordan and I paint our face, like and walking Phoenix just, you know, we just got the first look at this Joker. His last name is Phoenix, my last name is Phoenix. I was like, if there's ever a time to do this before anyone else does, it's right now. I
0: think I was there for that one. You probably were. Yeah.
1: Um so yeah, we just wanted to do that. Um, just to show people that we were on the same page that aren't familiar with us. And then we got talk It it was really fun to do that. Um I think I bought that tie on the way down to Rise, which that was pretty, you know, cutting it close. Um, but we have a couple ideas for a future, you know, a couple more cosplays we want to do. We don't want to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you never know when it's going to happen. Just keep it fresh. Mix
0: it up a little bit.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: That's awesome. I do want to touch on, we do have a lot of people asking questions in the chat room. And I know you had a lot that people submitted here before. Oh the yeah, show, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of your posts as well. Uh, first of all, uh, Johnny Garcia's uh, hanging out in the chat rooms has been listening to the whole interview. Proud of you for making the comeback. Please stay safe.
1: Love Johnny Garcia. Him and I go way back to when I was 13 um, mm. wrestling on a trampoline. Uh, I project about this before the backyard wrestling days. Um, we would, on message boards and then like we would post shows like highlight videos and then like people that had some training would like tip you know chip in and be like hey you know when you tie up you know you grab the neck with the left arm not the right that type of thing and then it became like a bragging right type of thing where like oh look, our shows are better than your shows and then we would travel across states to do it and johnny you know like it's really weird how my life turned out because johnny was in a, a video that i saw when i was going into my freshman year of high school this this wrestling company it, it was they had a ring base and all the matches were really good like it didn't have ropes but like it was the first time i'd seen that and i noticed they had a huge crowd and i was like oh my god like we can't even get our real friends from school to come to see us <laughs> and then um like i i would watch this video it was like a 15 minute video it had like five songs i watched this video so often that by the time my freshman year started I would catch myself humming the songs in my head, walking class to class. Fast forward to the next year, I'm meeting these guys and wrestling these guys. And like that gave me a huge, you know, like leg up on, you know, my confidence, my, you know, desire for wrestling. My and, this, and
0: this is still in the backyard. So. Yeah. I
1: was 15. <laughs> 15 traveling across. Is that. I thought that was. I thought I knew. Um, I was 15, traveling to like Eastern PA, three hours to do it out of love. Wow. You know, wrestling strangers that we chatted online.
0: And and, and I think you know, as, as a kickback, because I think you're coming out of that era. Like I remember the old backyard wrestling tapes, where that's where we saw Josh Prohibition right. and End Dog, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this was like kind of a whole subculture thing, right? And and I don't know how many people I've heard of. That Became wrestlers in the late 2000s, that were like, Oh, and of course, we were backyard wrestlers, right?
1: Yeah, that. and like, I backyard wrestling used to have a stigma to it where like a lot of people um, thought it was you know hitting each other with light tubes and just garbage wrestling, it sure was sometimes, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, where in my generation, we wanted to have fun, mm-hmm. and you know, like, there were times where I would go to shows, like, even after when I was done uh, backyarding, just to go and hang out with people. Like, there was one time in New York, or a couple times, you know, it was in a field in the middle of nowhere, and we all put up tents. And, like, my buddy brought out his DJ equipment. We barbecued. There was a creek. It was legit. Like, I, I got chills now talking about it. It was so much fun. Like, we were weekend warriors doing it for love and mm-hmm. to hang out, and, like, we were partying. Um, Yeah, like – and then, like, I hear people – say like oh man i used to watch you you know from backyarding days i'm like that's so weird to me because i still was that kid watching that 15 long minute music video and then like i did it for so long and i got to wrestle those guys like johnny and you know really i don't want to say improve because obviously you know like a, a backyard how much can you know but um to to move up the ladder so to speak and my my whole mentality in the backyard era was everything i do in backyard wrestling was to prepare me for pro so like that's where i taught myself how to breathe fire that's where i started dying my hair red that's where i started doing the somersault moonsault you, you were trying the stuff out yes
0: in in an environment for because it the
1: people i found out the people that were watching that video those were all the wrestlers that were all there so if You could impress the fellow wrestlers. Mm -hmm. You could impress fans. That was my mentality. So, um, you know, I I, I have no regrets about uh, backyard wrestling. It, It shaped me to who I am. I wish I didn't do it as long as I did. But everything happens for a reason. I've got nothing for love for Johnny. We spent uh, a whole weekend in Florida. He's from New York. I'm from PA. I was 16. We had a blast. That man can snore, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We got Zerker in the chat room. Um, They're asking, and I know you partially answered this, uh, if there's any expansion on this. Is there any movie you're tentative to do since coming back? You talked about the front flips. Yeah, it's just mainly just
1: going to the top rope. Um, That'll come in time. Uh, I do have a new finisher uh finish i have two new finishing maneuvers that uh i can do that i don't need to go to the top rope so i have those in my back pocket which is nice um mm-hmm. eventually like i i believe i told you when the first time i chat i don't want to be that guy that's like oh he can't do that anymore mm-hmm. i will if i have to but i know that i can do it it's just a mental game not physical yeah. so i will get there so it's mm-hmm. my boy too we met at a party <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh i see max is out there uh zaleski max says um, what's up
1: my boy from uh he says seattle but it's not seattle i think it's tacoma washington Mm -hmm. uh he is uh the promoter for wac without a cause wrestling uh i i got uh i saw that one of my questions were how did i get the connection to wrestle for 321 battle so i'll say way into that um i have a lot of friends in seattle um Ironically, through backyard wrestling, like a mm. lot of my friends did what I did, they got trained and you know went pro. Um, so you know, I reached out and I was like, Hey, do you guys have any openings? And I went out there for a weekend and I realized there was a Pokemon Go uh community event one day. <laughs> I was there and I was like, Oh, I really want to do this to get a shiny. I think it was Charmander and Max, who I didn't know at that time, was like, Hey, if you want, like we'll go to a park, I'll take you to a park, we'll, we'll go try and catch this Charmander. And we bonded really quickly over that. We spent about three hours in the park just walking in circles around this beautiful lake. Um, There were so many people. There had to be about 200 people all playing Pokemon Go. It was beautiful weather. Then we hung out. We went to his place, watched Deadpool. Yeah. um, yeah. Then then he started this promotion, um, WAC, which um, I actually went to, I want to say maybe – a month after my accident just to hang out. Cause like I was supposed to go back to wrestle for them, but obviously I got hurt mm-hmm. and they said, Hey, you know, just still come and hang out. So I did that. And Max was nice enough to give me the time to, um, address my accident. You know, it was the first promoter yeah. that did that. Uh, which is
0: wild because it was, you know, not in the Pittsburgh area in C- the Seattle area.
1: And nobody knew me at that time. Hmm. My accident hadn't gone viral. We released the accident in December I never wrestled it for WAC. It was their second show, but Max was so nice that he let me do that. And, you know, it really prepared me to, um, because a couple of promotions let me do that, um, mm-hmm. just to give updates. Um, so I wouldn't say that I had nerves doing it, but, you know, it was it's an emotional thing to talk about. Um, and it made it a little bit easier to do that in front of a crowd that didn't know me from a hole in the wall. But um, they cared enough about me as a person to to come up to me and talk to me during intermission Um, which meant the world to me. So Max is Max is the man. He's a brother to me. He's also um responsible for wrestling with subtitles.
0: Yes, we uh, interviewed him uh, maybe on this show. Yeah, uh, back when he was doing that campaign. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah.
1: Good guy. Ironically, little do I know. Now I would end up needing subtitles. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Everything happens now. You're like, damn it. Thank you, Max. Right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, a lot of people calling. Out. A lot of your friends from the uh, yarder days are popping up. Yeah, there, who's like. that? This drops Of course, Max says, How dare you say I'm from Tacoma. Uh, we got uh, Cody out there. Uh, Kentucky misses you. Okay. Uh, and I saw a couple other popping up in here. We'll get to those. Uh, we we got, Lisa, you mentioned the Joker. Yes. Looks like you had a Heath Ledger Joker when you were at Rise last month.
1: You know, it's funny because the, the idea for that was um, we were going to do Arkham the arkham like she had like she i guess she she did a harley quinn uh cosplay before and had the harley quinn corset Mm -hmm. from the arkham asylum video game era uh so i was like okay let's do that and then i was looking into it and i was like eh he doesn't really have long hair i just did a joker it wasn't really a joker i was specifically channeling but but yeah if you want to say heath ledger yeah let's go with that
0: (laughs) what uh what what do you uh which was your favorite joker Good question. One of the questions that was passed along. That was a
1: question that I received. Um I like them all, believe it or not, um, which is a terrible answer. Um, I even like Jared Leto's Joker, and I can tell right now there's going to be numbers dropping. Everyone's clicking out right now. Um, I respect Jared Leto's Joker a lot because mm-hmm. it was the first Joker we got after Heath Ledger. And obviously, Heath did an incredible job, so he had to do something different. He had to. Anything – even – Joaquin Phoenix is, is very similar to Heath Ledger's I feel in a way. Um, it was
0: nice that it was like more crime boss. Right,
1: yeah. yeah. I like that. That was really cool because like it it, it was a completely different sp- I I honestly wish there was more Joker in Suicide Squad. Him and Batman were my favorite parts of that movie. Um I liked it. I thought it was different. It was you know, it, it's a risk um uh but Heath is great. I, I really like Joaquin Phoenix's uh, – I just watched uh, Joker for the first time a couple weeks ago. And, like, throughout it, I'm telling myself, this is a Joker movie. Like, you could title this movie anything, and this mm-hmm. movie would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. The fact that this is a Joker origin, you know, like, it was great. I knew he would do good. Um, he really caught my attention, he being Walking Phoenix. Uh, whenever he went on uh, David Letterman in 2008, do you remember that? With that interview, he had the big beard. And mm-hmm. That really that caught my attention. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's crazy. Well, then um, I ended up watching the movie that he was promoting, I'm Not There or I'm Still Here or something like that, and that was all method acting, mm-hmm. and that interview was the ending to that character. And so watching, like I'm like, wow, he can really become this this character. Like he's a crazy method actor. He was great and walked the line, you know. Like so, when I heard that they announced him as Joker, I was all all in. Like it's going to be fantastic. Um, Mark Hamill, great Joker for the cartoon series, and even the Arkham. Ugh man. Like I'm not really a big comic book guy, so like I, I I don't. They're all great. They all have different traits. Caesar Romero for the fact that he didn't shave his mustache <laughs> for the makeup. Mad respect there, um man, if I had to pick it'd probably be Heath because that was yeah it, I feel like everyone's gonna say Heath Ledger, but uh that was during my you know coming of age, so to speak, you know that was you know when when Jack Nicholson was joker I was just a kid when when Joaquin Phoenix was joker, you know, I'm a man, but like you know I was a teenager, and mm-hmm. you know like that was I could really respect it more, um yeah and. The parallels between him and uh, Brandon Lee uh, with the crow and obviously both dying, making Mm -hmm. it, never seeing it. And that's now the movie that they're, you know, known for. Um, It's a shame what happened to both of them. But I'll go with Heath. What about Uh, you?
0: uh, Me? I like them all. Right? It's hard to choose. If I chose Mark Hamill's kind of the the, the key one.
1: You can't spell Arkham or you can't spell Mark Hamill without Arkham in the middle. Huh? A R K h a m i l
0: i hear too much joker in the in his uh star wars yeah <laughs> late, these days like like the, 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 like him coming back i was just like, why does luke sound like joker right, ah. right. Anyways, uh, let's let us pick through a couple of these here um of course people are asking about what's coming up here uh it looks like you're heading to what is coming up for you' it's like it's coming this up Saturday
1: with- i'm headed to s w o uh red line p a um they're a fun promotion. Uh their fan base is unlike any fan base I work in front of. Um they respect wrestling, but like they're not like super indie fans, you know? Like they they're they're so much fun to perform for. Um I am challenging Leo Sweet for the championship. Uh he cost me my Uprising championship. I'm a two time uprising champion. I am challenging him for his title now because he got his got involved in my business so um top belt coming my way golden 2020 i can feel it um then after that this is very unprofessional of me but i need to check my calendar
0: (laughs) um but generally you're popping up and rise of course yeah you know like Mm -hmm.
1: i i don't want to sound ungrateful but i feel like i'm stuck in pennsylvania at the moment yeah um being away from pro wrestling i didn't realize how much that would you know for that year um i didn't realize how much that affects it you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i can't go to a show out in wherever and be like hey you know like you guys are you guys running this day you know networking and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so as of right now like i'm kind of just in pennsylvania which is great but you're
0: kind of re- restarting rebooting exactly. that networking right. yeah. I'm,
1: re- I'm 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 learning how to run the ropes again you know mm-hmm. um I, I'm not upset, but like it, it bugs me because of how frequently I traveled, and I love traveling to other states. I love traveling all over, um, so it bugs me in that aspect. But I am very fortunate that you know I am still able to wrestle um, almost every weekend. Um, then after that, it's uh, IWC. Uh, Super Indy Championships coming back home. The 29th, if I don't find a booking, I might jump into a pool of cold water for the Pittsburgh Polar Bear Plunge. (laughs) Uh, So I really want to find a booking. Have you done that before? I've never. I hate the cold. Oh, I did about
0: three or so years of it on New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. Usually with New Year's Day.
1: Didn't you jump in the river?
0: Yeah, that was in the river off the Mon Wharf. Yeah.
1: Now they're doing it in pools.
0: Yeah, that's wimps. Yeah, wimps.
1: But I hate winter so much. I hate the. It was cold. dangerous
0: as fuck. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped the F bomb. The thing that I did that was not it was not smart, but there was like a thousand people doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So so yeah, I am pretty fortunate that you know like my calendar is full. Um. Eventually, I'm going to be headed back to Chicago in April. That's going to be fun. I headed to North Carolina in May. So you know, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. So.
0: So your dance card will be full by the end of the year, I'm sure.
1: I really hope so. Um,
0: so I want to alter the usual end question here a little bit and actually borrow one from uh, our other show. What did you learn from this time off? What's the biggest lesson out of this for you?
1: Uh, definitely risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for so long I felt invincible. I know unbreakable is my thing, but I legitimately felt invincible In the fact that, like, other than nearly dying at a concert, I've been very fortunate in life. You know, Mm -hmm. I've broken bones here and there. Um, But my mom, first of all, is a mother, so she worries. But she's also a retired paramedic. So she's the type of woman to be like, hey, make sure you put your seatbelt on. I'm like, mom, I'm 28 years old. Like, you don't have to tell me. Like, I know. I know it's dangerous. Or, you know, it's lightning. You you know, there's a thunderstorm. You better come inside. Like, I I get it. You know, it's possible to get struck by lightning. But the chances of it happening are very slim to none. But that doesn't matter to her because if there is a chance, that means it will happen. So for so long, I've always, you know, like it's not a big deal. You know, I'll be okay. You know, and fortunately, it's been – I've been right. You know, I've traveled during snowstorms that I was told I shouldn't travel in and, you know, nothing happened. Um, I've traveled on wet roads where I told it's slippery out and nothing's happened. Um, this was a wake-up call that, you know, there is – a chance where you play with fire too many times, you will get burned. Um, Completely pun intended. Um, So I realized that, but also like it enabled me to, because I've been involved in wrestling since I was 13 in some form, whether it be backyarding or professional. Um, The entire, that entire time it's always been brainstorming for what can I do in this next match or what can I do, you know, today type thing in this match. Where I haven't been just a fan since, you know, over how many years. Um, But so it enabled, like, I was able to watch it, but also I now know professional wrestling. I know psychology and stuff like that. So I really got to study. And it was studying and studying, not studying to apply for the next match. It was, I'm going to take all this in and really take it in. And whenever I can use it, I will. But just take notes the entire so time. So
0: just a step back and absorb. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
1: that was huge. Now, have I been able to use everything that I've picked up? No. Because, you know, when you're out there, adrenaline's running and you've got a million things to think about. But um, a lot of the stuff that I've, you know, picked up on, yeah. Um, there's been times where, you know, I've gone to shows with friends and, you know, Jimmy Rave was at the show. So I sat right next to him and said, hey, man, let's let's talk. Let us let me pick your brain. Um So I have huge respect for Jimmy Ray for letting me do that. He could have told me to you know, piss off. Um, I was able to go to seminars during it too. Uh, Chris Hamrick, Ricky Steamboat, Mike Quackenbush, um, not necessarily in ring, but just to listen and pick their brains and really listen and not worry about, well, how will this look? How will this make me look today? Or it doesn't really work today. It's, okay, I see what you're talking about. That makes sense. I have x amount of days to think about applying this to my craft now rather than rushing bang 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 this needs to happen right now and not getting it um so i've really learned a lot about that and i i don't regret it for that aspect because i think it need i needed a wake-up call and i think i needed to grow as a as a performer and i was able to you know get both of those things um but yeah i definitely learned not to do it again <laughs> <laughs>
0: excellent sean has been so good to catch up with you here likewise uh, a lot of people showed up in the chat room here uh, and I, I encourage you to go through back through and uh, say hi to some of them uh, okay. personally um and of course you can see uh we have a lot of uh, uh you in action including a lot of the new matches over on the indie wrestling yes. network uh including the rise from this past weekend which i li- again literally just edited today so that will be <laughs> up in the next day or two um but uh Please, uh, where can people follow you if they're they're new to your story and want to see what's going on? We'll um, ask you a question.
1: I'm constantly on social media. It was a escape for me during my time off. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm on Snapchat, which I don't really use. I'm on TikTok now because I was talking to someone. Yeah, like I've been
0: missing. playing with TikTok a little bit too.
1: Um, my username is always the same. It's X before Sean, X before Phoenix. So in total, there's three X's, but there is not one after Phoenix. Shawn Phoenix Triple X. Yes, uh, which was, once again, my AOL Instant Messenger screen name. I've had that name that long. Um, my Facebook is now at the point now where, because I went viral, I'm very close to my friends limit. So mm-hmm. if you send me that, – that is my Facebook link. If you send me a friend request, I will redirect you to my fan page, my like page um just because there isn't a limit there but i try to share everything mm-hmm. you know i leave i have like 50 spaces left that's left for like promoters and other wrestlers but, but yeah x sean x phoenix i'm sure you could google me as cocky as that sounds <laughs> uh, i'm sure you'll find me um pro wrestling tees x sean x phoenix uh that helps out a lot than people a lot more people realize you know like it's i don't even have to lift a finger and i make money selling a t-shirt you know it's that helped me out tremendously. Great service those
0: guys do up there. What's that? Great service those guys do yes, up there. Yes,
1: yes. And I know a lot of the people that work for them, so mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that I can just message them and be like, hey, man, a uh, little bit of an issue with that. Uh, so anytime I'm in Chicago, I stop and then say hello. Um, Good. But yeah, anybody ever – like, I've run into people saying, like, I don't really want to buy that because I know you don't make as much, but, like, literally anything helps out independent wrestlers. Absolutely. So even if it's, like, two bucks, like, that helps us out, so –
0: Go check out. See when he's coming to your town, and uh, and thank you so much, Sean. Thank
1: and you. And everybody
0: in the chat room, thank you for popping you in here. We got a lot of stuff we're planning out, uh, so we don't have any weeks off while I start traveling the world here this uh, spring. So if you have anybody uh, we should be talking to, uh, again, drop us a line. We want to fill these out so we make sure you guys get one every week here. And stay tuned. You never know when we're going to pop up. I actually got one. Might have a surprise one tomorrow <gasps> popping into the studio that we haven't really announced yet. It's Kane. Yeah, it's it's not Kane. No, it's not Kane. No, not this time. Um, we're, we're, we'll still work on the thing. Uh Thank you so much. Until next time, please support Indie Wrestling. Oh. Uh,